Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Sunday, August 27th, 2017, on the basis of Matthew 16, verses 13 through 18. Most people generally agree that it's good to be going forward, right? You turn on the TV this fall to watch your favorite football team, and you want to see them moving forward. Right? When it comes to your career ambitions or your educational aspirations, you want to be moving forward. When it comes to our nation's economy, its policies, its overall character and morality, we want to be moving forward. In fact, here in Wisconsin, even our state motto is simply forward. Everyone agrees it's good to be moving forward, but which way is forward? That's a question that is getting increasingly difficult to answer in times like ours, and here's why. See, if you turn back the clock three, four centuries, this whole idea that it's even possible for us to be moving forward at all times wasn't generally assumed. There were certain things that you just had to accept as they were, and you weren't really supposed to question them at all. For example, if your dad was a blacksmith, and you grew up learning how to be a blacksmith, it didn't really matter if at some point in your life you thought, hey, maybe I want to be a carpenter or an artist or a musician. You were going to be a blacksmith. Fast forward a little bit, and eventually the general mindset changed into what now has been described as modernism. Modernism is the idea that now with with our reason and our intellect, with science and medicine, with industry and technology, we can change anything that we want to change. If there's anything that isn't the way that we want it, we can improve. We can move forward. But now things have changed again. And a term that social theorists sometimes use to describe our current day and age is the term liquid modernity. Have you heard of that before? So liquid modernity, you still have the modernism part of that in that people believe with with science and technology we can move forward, but what really has been lost is any sort of objective, absolute definition of what forward is, of which direction, which goal we should all be working toward. Liquid modernity is sometimes characterized by statements like, there is really no such thing as absolute truth. Morality and ethics are just completely relative and whatever anyone decides they want them to be. Things like purpose and significance and beauty and virtue, those are just whatever you want them to mean. And in 21st century America, that, that liquid modernity, it's, it's actually in the water. It's around us at all times. This is just what we take in day after day. And it really makes it tough to know which way is forward. It's not just that people disagree about which way is forward. The concept that there even is an objective, definitive understanding that we should all arrive at, well, it's not even desired or thought to be possible. Well, today we're starting a series in which Jesus is going to have a few things to say about the direction forward. And as we're going to see, the the way forward that Jesus suggests is actually by taking a step back. We'll be covering some events from the third and final year of Jesus' public ministry, and it's, it's a year that was characterized by withdrawal. Jesus sort of stepped back from the center of public life in Israel and spent much more time out on the outskirts. Much of the time was spent not with huge crowds of people, but just with his 12 closest disciples. 
Jesus sort of retreated in this way because he knew that the time was coming very soon when he would no longer be with them. And so he took this step back to prepare them to go forward after he was gone. As we start that series today, as we look at the word of God that is in front of us, Jesus wants us to have an answer to what is arguably the most important question in the world. And it is a question that you and I need a definitive answer to before we can even take one step forward. As we look at that question, as we look at that answer today, we're not only going to see what the answer to that all-important question is, we're also going to see how that answer is so, so different from the, the liquid modernity that is around us at all times. And then secondly, we'll see not only how it's different, but also how it's better, ultimately how it's essential for our lives. So what is that question that Jesus wanted his disciples and wants us to know the answer to? Well, it was one of these times when Jesus was walking alone, just him and his disciples, and he turned to them and he asked, who do people say the Son of Man is? What are people out there saying about me? And so the disciples sort of go through the list. Well, some say you're John the Baptist, and some say you're Elijah, and some say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Jesus sort of just lets those questions or those answers go unaddressed, and then, then he puts the question to them. Well, what about you? Who do you say I am? And as he so often did, Peter stood up to speak for the entire group, and he said, well, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Now, what's interesting about this section and what we really need to pay attention to is Jesus' response to Peter's answer. You see, in a world of liquid modernity, Jesus would have said, all good answers. Everybody gets a gold star for the day, right? But Jesus doesn't. Jesus singles out one answer in particular. He singles out Peter's answer. And he doesn't just say that Peter's answer was right, although it certainly was. What Jesus actually highlights, more than anything else, is where that answer came from. In other words, where Peter got it. And this is what Jesus says. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. So Jesus is saying, Peter, you didn't figure that out for yourself. And no one else told you that answer either. This did not come from flesh and blood. By the way, notice that one of those is actually made up of liquid, and the other one, even though it's a solid, is still very squishy and flexible, right? So Jesus says, this didn't come from flesh and blood. Rather, it was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. And that's what made Peter's answer not only right, but also rock solid. In fact, that's what Jesus said to him when he gave him that new name that actually means rock. He said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This didn't come from your squishy flesh and blood. Rather, this was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. And so this answer turns you from Simon, son of Jonah, into Peter, solid as a rock. In this line of questioning, Jesus isn't trying to just reveal to us his identity as the Son of God and the Messiah. Really what he's trying to help us do is help us see the difference between that which is liquid and that which is solid in our lives. Anything that comes from flesh and blood, anything that comes from inside of us or from the rest of the world around us is ultimately going to be liquid. It's going to be very squishy. It's going to be very flexible. 
And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's evil. It just means that it's probably going to change. For example, way back in 1996, you might have thought that the coolest thing in all the world was to dance the Macarena. Raise your hand if that applies to you. Nobody? You're just too ashamed to admit it, right? Nothing wrong with that, right? Nothing wrong with that. But I'm willing to bet that that has changed a little bit. That if you thought that at one time, it's no longer the case. In a much more serious way, I'd be willing to bet that the things that you saw, thought were so important, that were on your mind, that you devoted so much mental attention and energy to when you were 18 years old, by the time you turned 28, you kind of thought some of those things were a little bit silly, right? And I'm guessing that those things that you were, when you were 28, that you thought you had all figured out, that you think, thought that you had down pat, by the time you turned 38, you maybe thought you were a little bit clueless about. Right? And on and on it goes. We look back at a decade before and we think, how, how could I have been so foolish? So friends, isn't it possible that right here, right now, the very things that, that we think are so important, that we think that we have figured out, that 10 years down the road we might look back and think that some of them are just as silly, just as foolish, just as trivial. Anything that comes from flesh and blood is ultimately liquid. And again, that doesn't make it evil. That just means it's going to change. In contrast, if anything is going to be solid, if anything is going to be absolute and objective, it must come not from inside of any of us, but from outside of us of all of us. And right at the top of the list is Jesus' identity, just as Peter confessed it. Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the appointed Savior that God sent into the world to pay for the world's sins and bring the world the free gift of salvation. That wasn't just what Peter felt about things. That wasn't just his opinion. That wasn't subject to change. That wasn't just a a what does Jesus mean to you sort of thing. It just is. In fact, you could make the argument that that truth is even more rock solid from our perspective than it was from Peter's because we've seen something that Peter hadn't seen yet. The truth about Jesus' identity is as rock solid as that big giant rock that was rolled away from Jesus' tomb, revealing it to be empty. Jesus wants us to see the important difference between what is solid and what is liquid. But what makes one better than the other? Again, in our day and age, it'd be really easy for me to make liquid sound pretty good. Liquid is flexible. Liquid is adaptable. Liquid is easygoing. Liquid goes with the flow. It's just as easy for me to make solid sound really, really bad, right? Solid is set in your ways. Solid is rigid. Solid is set in stone. Solid is fossilized. So what makes solid better? And why do we need something that is absolutely solid in our lives? Well, Jesus goes on to tell us. Jesus said, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. All of us have things in our lives that are liquid, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but it is essential that we not only have something in our lives that is solid, but that our lives are built upon something that is absolutely rock solid. 
something that even hurricane force winds cannot topple over, something that even death itself cannot conquer. And right at the top of our list, there's nothing more solid in all the world than the truth about our Savior Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God and the world's Savior. So all of us have things in our lives that are ultimately liquid. We have goals and dreams. We have aspirations and ambitions. We have hobbies and interests and passions. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm guessing that just a little bit of honest assessment would lead you to conclude the very thing that I conclude, that sometimes we we take those liquid things that are, are nice to have and we turn them into things that are essential to have. We take them from things that we would be willing to sacrifice and we make them into things that we frequently sacrifice for. We turn them from things that we could easily do without and we make them the very things that we are building our lives upon. And again, it doesn't make those things evil. The problem simply is that they're liquid. Picture yourself floating on one of those big giant tubes down a nice lazy river at Noah's Ark. Can you relate to the experience a little bit? It's kind of fun and relaxing, right? Whether we realize it or not, sort of the the current in our lives is just naturally taking us away from God in the wrong direction, and there we are floating on that water. Not only is that bad enough, but at some point, this big, giant, impenetrable iron gate is going to close across that lazy river, a gate called death, making it impossible for us to make our way back upstream. Can you try and get through that gate? You're on the wrong side of that gate, and now not only is everything that you ever thought important, whether you were 18 or 28 or 38 or 48, not only is that now gone, but you are separated from God for all eternity. And forget about the fact that that gate is impenetrable, made out of iron. You're sitting there floating in that tube of water. How much force do you think you can generate against that gate. You don't stand a chance, right? Well, thankfully, Jesus' empty tomb not only tells us something very important about Jesus' identity, it also tells us something very important about that gate. That gate has been dealt a fatal blow. The lock has been busted. All of its bars are rusted and brittle and just getting ready to crumble. And not only that, Not only has Jesus done that to death, but now when we build our lives on Jesus, as we approach that gate, we're not floating in a tube on some water. We are standing on solid ground. And as we approach that gate, we will be able to walk right through. Why do you need something in your life that is absolutely solid? Because we need something that not even death can withstand. And friends, that can be found in the foundation of our Lord Jesus Christ. So at the end of our service today, we're going to talk about some of the upcoming opportunities this fall to grow in our faith and grow in our knowledge of God's word here at Good News. As we discuss those opportunities, each one of them is really nothing more than a chance to further build our lives on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And so as you think about those opportunities in the coming weeks, really the the question that I want you to ask yourself is not even first and foremost, will I attend? It's not so much, do I find these topics to be interesting? Will I enjoy going to this class? Can I find time to make it work in my busy schedule? Really the question that all of us need to continually be asking about every area of our life is, am I building, am I standing on something solid or something liquid? 
Am I standing on the sure and certain foundation of Jesus Christ? Again, it's re really good to have things in our lives that are soft, flexible, and squishy. In fact, when you lay your head down to sleep tonight, I'm guessing that the thing under your head, you want it to be very soft and flexible, right? And you want that mattress to conform to all the contours of your neck and your back the way that the mattress company advertises that it will. In fact, at one point, we even convinced ourselves that it'd be fun to sleep on, on beds of water, right? But just like a lot of things, that too has, has changed. It's great to sleep on things that are soft and flexible, but the only way you are going to truly enjoy a good night of sleep is if way down below that, way at the very bottom of it all, there is a foundation that is absolutely rock solid, right? And so before you take even a step forward, no matter what type of liquid things you might want to have in your life, no matter what path you pursue with all of the decisions that you make, before you take even that first step forward, make sure you're standing on solid ground. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.